Alrighty, what's going on, guys? We're back. I'm your host, Trevor Good. Welcome to Good Talk. Um, two episodes within, I don't know, what is it, a week? That's pretty exciting, right? This is my present to you guys. Um, just because, and really only because, I actually have some good content, some more good content for you guys. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was just bored today. I, I took the SAT this morning, so I, I didn't go to work. Um, and so I got the rest of this afternoon. I had all my homework done yesterday, so I got nothing to do. I thought I'd make a podcast because I have a topic. So let's get right into it. We're going to start us off with our actual topic, which is going to be dragons okay now that sounds really dumb but i'm going to convince you today that dragons were real okay does that pique your interest because if it does you're in the right spot if it doesn't then i don't know what to tell you stay and listen and maybe your interest will become peaked or don't stay don't listen and and just go away because you're boring if the concept that I think that I can convince you that dragons really did exist. Like, if that doesn't at least make you curious, then I don't know what's wrong with you. So let's get right into the episode. Oh, yeah. After the dragons, we're going to talk about uh, our word of the week and our verse of the week, and then we'll close this off. So let's get right into it. Alrighty, so right before we actually get into the topic, I know I just said we were going to get right into it, but... I did have a very, very, very special announcement to make. We are now on Apple Podcasts. Yes, we are. You probably saw it on my Instagram or uh, the Good Talk Instagram. Doesn't matter. We're on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to be honest. Here's what happened. So the uh, software that I produce through is called Anchor, okay, and they uh, – or they're not a software, they're a website. Um, and what they do is you upload your podcast to them and, and they're associated with Spotify, so they will automatically put it on Spotify and then they will distribute it to other podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Well, it wasn't. It, it distributed me to a whole bunch of other places except for Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts was the only place that I was not on. And that was really, really frustrating because... I use Apple Podcasts, my mom uses Apple Podcasts, everyone who I know, barring a few people, uses Apple Podcasts, and so that was was understandably frustrating, and so I looked online, and and I got a bunch of confusing information about they're not accepting new podcasts or whatever, um, and so I decided, okay, I'm just going to submit it myself, because that you can do that. You can just take your podcast and just submit it to Apple Podcasts and produce it yourself. I chose not to do that, but for this example, I was going to be like, okay, I'm submitting it to Apple Podcasts myself. I'm tired of waiting, and so I started the application pro- process, and then I started waiting for a response. Well, it turns out all I did was start the application process, and I never submitted the application because the other day, right after I posted uh, the last episode, I was like, when am I going to get on Apple Podcasts? I'm going to follow up. And so I went on to the site and I logged in and it said, 
draft. I had a draft. I had an application draft that I had not completed. And I was like, what? And so all I had to do was hit submit and then boom. Congratulations, your podcast has now been published. So I'm on Apple Podcasts now. I could have been months ago probably, but fate has it that it's not months ago, it's now. And so go and listen on Apple Podcasts, please. It's pretty awesome. Now, finally, I promised we would talk about dragons. And here we are to do just that. Now, before you get disappointed, right? Before you're going to be like, okay, he's just going to argue that dinosaurs were actually dragons or whatever. But no. And this really is much less of a... This is not necessarily a scientific... This is a Christian argument, a biblical argument, and a logical and philosophical argument, okay? So, stay tuned. If you're like me, right, uh, and if you've ever read the Bible, uh, specifically the story of the creation and the fall, okay, you probably are familiar with Genesis uh, 2, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to turn there now and talk, and I'm really bad at that for some reason. Um, so they sin. It's actually Genesis 3. Um, and they, they just sin, right? And God is mad at them because he finds out, because that was their one rule. They eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Eve does, but why does Eve eat from the tree first, right? Well, because she was deceived. And who deceived her? Well, Satan deceived her. But, and, and so listen to this passage uh, from Genesis 3. Uh, this is uh, Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent. Note the word serpent. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat from the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent, again the word serpent, said to the woman, you will not truly die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, blah, 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 blah. They eat and then they, are, they realize they're naked and then they hide from God and then God finds them, okay? Notice all the times, right, that the word serpent is used. Now think back to all of your Sunday school coloring pictures and anytime someone has, you know, artistically renditioned a version of the fall, what do you see? Well, you see a couple things. First, you see an apple tree. Now why has the tree of knowledge of good and evil always been represented as an apple tree? I don't know. Maybe it's because there is a type of apple called envy apples, which is sounds pretty sinful if you ask me. I don't know. But uh, you've got an apple tree, okay? Then you have generally like a tiger, just a tiger standing right next to Adam and Eve, okay? Weird, but I don't know. People like to draw that. Uh, and generally some other animals, maybe like a deer. Think about animals that you probably wouldn't be able to get close to in real life, okay? Just to emphasize the paradise and peacefulness of the garden, perhaps. What else do you see? Well, you see Adam and Eve with leaves or branches conveniently positioned 
to cover all unholy parts of the body, okay? Very helpful for Sunday school settings. Um, it's, it's so convenient how the vines grow like that. Um, uh, and then what else do you see? Well, you see a python. A python snake generally dangling in the trees of the tree of knowledge of good and evil with a tongue sticking out, all, all snake-like. Okay. But notice, where is the word snake? Okay. Where does the Bible say that Satan turned into a snake? They don't say say snake. They say serpent. Now, all of you people in the comments are rapidly Googling. What does serpent mean? Okay. And, and I'm going to be honest. When I Googled it, it said a serpent is exactly the same as a snake. Okay. Good thing that's not my only argument. But I also did find some things saying that dragons were serpents and serpents were the same as dragons. You probably see where I'm going here, okay? Satan did not disguise himself as a snake as we know them today. He disguised himself as a dragon, okay? I'm about to get into why, okay? But Hang with me, okay? Don't click away because I know it sounds crazy, but once you're once I'm done, it's gonna make sense, okay? Okay, so so let, let's continue. So God confronts Adam and Eve. Uh, Adam blames it all on Eve. Eve. Eve blames it all on the snake, or should I say, dragon? Okay, and then, all right. Uh, what is this that you have done? The woman said, "The serpent deceived me, and I ate." The Lord God said to the serpent, okay? Now this is where you have to listen. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and your and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. Bruise his heel. What's weird about that curse, okay? He curses Eve with painful childbirth, and he curses Adam with hard work, okay? Hard, painful work. What does he curse the snake with? He curses the snake to be a snake. He curses the snake to slither on the ground. What is the number one defining feature of a snake? The fact that it slithers on the ground. The fact that it doesn't have any legs, or in this case, wings. It slithers. That's what snakes do. This confused me my entire life. And boom, I have the answer. The answer is that that's not what snakes used to look like. The answer, I'm telling you the answer because I know the answer. The answer is that snakes before the fall were dragons, period. And when I say dragons, I don't mean dinosaurs. I don't mean like they were large lizards. I don't mean they were just like lizards. I'm talking dragons. Scaly, massive, with wings, and maybe even fire breathing, okay? Look, here, now here's my real arguments, okay? Number one, it makes way more snake, way more sense, okay? You, you have this idea of Satan as a sneaky, quiet, He's the snake, he's slithering, whispering in your ear, telling you lies, all that stuff, he's sneaky. 
But that doesn't fit the character of Satan at all. We know this from other parts of scripture. Um, I, I don't remember which book of the Bible it's in, but the book of the Bible that talks about Satan's fall. Why did Satan fall? Satan fall because of the first sin of Satan, which was pride and envy. Satan looked at himself in the mirror. He was named Lucifer then. And he said, look at me. I am so great. I want to be equal to God. Interestingly, that's the same thing that he tried to, that he tempted Eve with, right? Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Well, what did Satan want? He wanted to be just as great and as powerful and as gloriful as God. Okay. So then when Satan fell from heaven, he went to the garden and transformed into like a little slither thing that kind of slithers on the ground. No, 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 no. He transformed into a serpent, a dragon. Picture this. You're in the Garden of Eden. You're Eve. You're walking around, and then you suddenly walk into a clearing. There you see it, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the one thing you're not supposed to touch. And wrapped around the base of that tree, the most clever, the most glorious animal in all of the Garden of Eden, a glistening golden dragon wings tucked up smoke coming out of the nostrils okay and the dragon looks at you and speaks boom that is the character of satan he is prideful he is pompous and he is like he is unable to get below his ego. He has to pick the most powerful, glorious creature in all of creation. Okay? Okay. So, he, tr he, he deceives Eve. And then God finds out and God curses him. How does he curse him? Not by making the snake just be a snake and slither. Right? Like, an evolutionist would say, you know, well, God just cut off his evolutionary track. So, like, uh, now you're not going to evolve legs. No, it was God took the dragon, the most glorious of the creations aside from man, clipped its wings, sawed off its legs, and made him a tiny snake and made him slither on the ground by worming, right? Worming around like because it can't move any other way right there's 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 nothing glorious about stepping on a snake they're easy they're tiny they're a little venomous but that's not a glorious victory what a glorious victory is slaying a dragon and stomping on its head that is the glorious victory that god set up from the beginning not the stomp, not the crushing of the stake, the slaying of the dragon. Okay? So, that's just the beginning, okay? What, here, here, what would this explain, okay? This would explain, right, why you have this dragon imagery from pretty much every single culture. You've got European dragons and Eastern dragons and... Uh, probably African dragons. I, I, I don't really know. 
that much. I just know that there's right the Chinese dragon, and then there's the there's uh, Slavic dragons, right? Think Beowulf, um, and the Saga of the Volsungs, right? There, there's a dragon, although that one might actually just be a big snake. Um, that 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 makes sense, okay? Also, right. One of the most fascinating and mysterious times of the world is pre-flood, post-fall, okay? We don't really know much about what happened then. Now, there's a lot of, should I say, imaginative speculation about what the world was like. There's some weird passages, um... In some certain books of the Bible, I can't name them and I can't tell you about them because I don't know. Um, so, uh, you can do this research yourself. Um, but essentially, uh, what theologians uh, and historians think that happened based off of some passages and just kind of general Christian uh, theological tradition um, is that after Satan sinned and after the fall, all of the angels who fell with Satan and it was a great multitude were cast out of heaven and they went to earth, okay? And they actually uh, procreated with the humans there creating all kinds of abominations um, and this is written out, if you've read any of the Wrinkle in Time books um they, there's a book where uh, two of the boys go back in time to pre-flood Earth, and there's you know a bunch of half angel, half devil people um, walking around, and there's giants, and there's cyclops. Okay, now those, I, of course, would not say that the Wrinkle in Time books are uh, scripture in any sense, or authoritative or informative, um, but. <clears throat> Basically, the idea is that a lot of these mythological creatures, even maybe things like centaurs, uh, were essentially like real creatures that were strayed beings from creation before the fall and in the, or before the flood, right? And so God destroyed the entire earth, not just humans, right, to reset creation back to what it was supposed to be okay and and that that was one of the reasons why he did a flood over the whole earth now this this do your own research on this stuff this is i like to think about this because this is not a salvation issue and so you can have some gray areas here thinking about this stuff um don't use this as your number one plug when you're trying to evangelize okay um it's a weird stuff that we don't really know about because we weren't there, but and the Bible doesn't really talk about it. Um, but essentially, the idea is that the culture of these fantastical creatures, um, some are works of fiction and some are just works of imagination, but others can be, right, passed down tales of these actual creatures. I'm sure that, you know, People, uh, Adam and Eve told their kids about um, what life was like before the fall. We don't even know if Adam and Eve had had any kids before the fall. 
uh, they're they're the only people mentioned, but they could they could have already had children, um, or else right? Why would Eve know the difference between painful childbirth and non-painful childbirth? So there, so there's some stuff like that. But what this essentially does is this explains why so many different cultures ha- can have dragons um, just pop up in their theo- in their uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, uh, man, I'm forgetting the word. I'm exhausted. I took the SAT today. My brain is dead. Um, mythology. Mythology. I Okay. See? I still got it. Mythology. Okay. So, that, 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 that could be an explanation for where the dragon comes from because the dragon was real. Okay. Um, now, this is where... I have some more evidence. So, if you go to the book of Revelation, which is everyone's favorite book, um, because it's weird, um, and it's really hard to read and interpret, um, and so it's just really fun to just read just for fun, uh, but. They talk about a lot of weird stuff, but it's still scripture, okay? Um, so here we go. Revelation 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them onto the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God to his throne, and the woman fled to the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she has to be nourished for 1,260 days. Okay. It talks a lot more about the dragon. Uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff about the beast. And, you know, you guys know Revelation. It's a weird book. But that time, they actually say dragon. They actually say dragon. Okay. And, of course, a lot of this is, um, you know, a lot of this uh, is not a literal description of what end times will be. I tend to take a more literal interpretation of it um, than most people, but you can't you can't take everything that Revelation says at face value. But it's a re- it's an actual reference to a dragon. Perhaps dragons do exist. Perhaps perhaps Satan is still in the form of a dragon, and he is. He's going to emerge. Like, there's so much stuff that you can talk about and fantasize about um, as long as you recognize that it's not gospel truth. Everything that I've said is a theory and an idea. Don't go talk to your pastor about this because they will tell you to stop listening to my podcast. Um, But no, I, I think that it makes sense. I think that it makes a lot of logical sense that dragons were real, Satan turned himself into a dragon, and then God cursed dragons. And that's why we don't have dragons today, but everyone knows what a dragon is, 
every culture knows what a dragon is and has its own version of a dragon. Some of them are much more winged and fire-breathing, and others are more snake-like. Some are sea dragons, right? It. I find it odd to believe, right? And, and And again, it really goes back to that main passage where God curses the snake to just be a snake. That's not... A very good curse like sorry god like that's not a very good curse to just curse a snake to just be a snake and keep snaking like no he cursed the dragon to be down from its grand powerful state into just like a worm with eyes okay so that is just like i think a really cool theory and so my final kind of theory on this is that when God comes back, okay? He's going to redeem the snake. Now, this is the weird part because you got to talk about, like, what does he mean? What does the Bible mean when new heaven, new earth, right? I believe there will be animals in heaven, not your animals. Um, Your animals don't have souls, right? Unfortunately, my dog bear will not be in heaven, but there will be dogs in heaven, and there will be tigers in heaven, and there will be dinosaurs in heaven, and there will be everything in heaven because God created everything and he called it good. It has been tainted by sin, but once God defeats sin once and for all, which he already has, but once that fully comes into fruition, there will he will have the redeemed creation in heaven or on the new earth, however that is really comes out to be. Um, and I think part of that's going to be the dragon. I think that he's going to fix the dragon. He's going to defeat the dragon, capital T-H-E. Um, but then he's going to fix the snake. The snake is going to be returned to its state of glory in redemption. And I think that that's going to be really cool, Um, perhaps. And so that's, there's my theory about the the snakes. Tell me what you think. Give me some, refute it, rebut it, or give me new arguments. Maybe you can have some passages or something, I don't know. But you're probably sitting there, yes, I have a great argument against you because you're an idiot. And how could you think that dragons actually exist? They're mythical creatures. Well, well, guess what I have for you? That's right. An email address. Email goodtalkcontact at gmail.com. And you can send me that great strapping argument to vanquish my dragon of a theory. hoo <laughs> Um, and we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll even feature you on the podcast to debate me. Who knows? Um, but yeah. So you can also use that email to tell me who you want me to debate, who you want me to have a discussion with or interview, what you want me to talk about. I've already gotten one request. Uh, I have to do a lot of research on that one. So, uh, hopefully stay tuned for that. Um, It's a pretty difficult topic, so I'll have to really um, figure out how I'm going to approach it. But don't worry, I saw it, and I'm I'm going to work on that. Um, So, yes, what do you guys think? Just let me know. I I, I think that is a really cool idea. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, we're going to get into our verse of the week. And I thought it only fitting and also lazy. It's lazy, but it's fitting that our 
verse of the week is going to be Genesis 3, verses 14 to uh, 19. And I've already read some of it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the whole thing. Uh, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And Adam, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Of which I have commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you turn the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Okay? I'm sorry for that horrible reading. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm exhausted. But, okay. That is the curse of man, right? The curse... This is why the world is not what it is today, because of the fall. Adam's sin brought consequences upon the world, okay? Including, right, hard work. A and Adam and Eve were already working in the garden, uh, but they enjoyed it because they knew that that was their purpose, and their purpose was to glorify God, and they were doing it, and they were in fellowship with him, until the fall, after the fall, though, that was no longer the case. There was a rift between God and man, and work became hard, right? I don't think work changed very much, but man's attitude towards it changed. And I'm sure your mom has said, it's all about your attitude. If you just had a good attitude about it, it wouldn't be so bad. I think there's a lot of truth to that. God, um, or sorry, not God, sin has twisted our attitudes. And so now work kind of sucks. Even if you're doing the thing that you love, there are days where it's just work and you have to just get through it even though you're miserable and it is miserable, right? Childbirth now hurts apparently. Like that's a pretty well-known thing that childbirth hurts. I'm sure mothers out there are wondering what it's like to have a painless childbirth um, naturally. Um, but yeah, it, the world is broken now, but this is what this is not what God does. This is God does not right see the sin of Adam and Eve and righteously curse them, and then say, "All right, see ya." Oh, by the way, you also die now, right? And you're not you don't have eternal life on earth, right? Now you're gonna die, and now your life's gonna suck. Goodbye. He doesn't do that. He makes a promise to Adam and Eve, and he promises that the seed of the woman, right, by that, he means the great, 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 grandchild of Eve, also known as Jesus, okay, if you guys didn't know that, Jesus was going to come, and he was going to defeat sin, and he was going to defeat death, quite literally, by rising again after dying 
on his own, right? And that is the grace and the goodness of God right there. That is God saying, I gave you paradise. I gave you everything you could possibly want. And I only gave you one rule, and you broke that one rule, and you have sinned against me, and you have rebelled against me. I have never done anything against you, and yet you have turned away from me towards the dragon. Okay? Even though you've done that, right? And even though, and I have cursed you, but that's not going to be permanent. I'm going to send away to fix you. I'm going to redeem you. Okay? And so that is the beauty of that passage, okay? And he did that. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He was the son of a woman. He was born. He had to be born or else that wouldn't have fulfilled the the uh, prophecy isn't the right word, I don't think, but the promise, the, the curse. It's part of the curse to the snake and it's also a blessing for Adam and Eve. He was born. He died for our sins. He died innocently. He never sinned, right? That's, that's important. And then he rose again. And now he's in heaven. And now, all, if we only believe in him, that if we believe that God is our creator, Jesus is God, and that we, as humans, are broken and sinful, and we can't do anything to fix our position, and that Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection was enough to fully pay for our sins and that in Christ, Christ is our only hope for salvation and that through him we have access to God and we have redemption, then we can. We can be right with God again. We can enter into his presence as children long lost who have returned from our exile. So, there you go. It's fitting because it says snake in it, and it's like the main passage that I talked about. And it's also a really good verse, right? It's 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 under underlooked because, you know, people only care about the part where it's like, yeah, and the husband will rule over the wife and blah, 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 and politics. But, it's so much more than that. And it's so much more than making li- God making life horrible on us, even though we made life horrible on us. right? It, it's God promising that he is going to send Jesus. Um, so that's what's really wonderful about it. So um, time for... With that being said, right? With that being said, it is time to move on to our next section. Word of the week. Alrighty, so our word of the week today is going to be anachronism, okay? Or anachronism, I think, actually. Anachronism. Okay, pretend I never said anachronism. Anachronism, I think, is the correct term. And an anachronism, and this is from thelanguagegallery.com, so i got to give credit where credit is due, okay? I was looking up cool words. This is my favorite one by far. An anachronism is something or someone that is out of place in terms of time or chronology. This is most common with old-fashioned items in a modern setting, but can also occur with futuristic items in period pieces. Most anachronisms are there by mistake, especially within movies and television shows. 
Um, I'm sure many of you guys have seen Gene's guy in The Mandalorian, right? He was an accident on set where they accidentally showed the guy's leg and he's wearing jeans on the spaceship. Obviously not uh, quite fitting to the period. Um, Another example was the Starbucks cup. I think that was in Game of Thrones. Um, Or maybe The Witcher. I'm not sure. One of those like HBO medieval series is. Um, with the Starbucks cup and, and there's been other examples so anachronism right look for anachronisms in your life maybe uh, you could send in anachronisms uh, that you see around town or in your house right that can also work with old stuff where they shouldn't be so maybe you're uh, you find uh, an old car right that that could be an example of that or uh, maybe um uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any more examples. That's up for you. Send in your anachronisms, and the best one will be featured on my Instagram. So, I don't know. No one ever, no one ever responds to this stuff, so you guys better participate in this one or it's going to be late. But with that being said, I am all out of content, and I'm all out of time, and I'm all out of energy. So, thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. Don't forget to tune in on Apple Podcasts, woo, we're finally there. We're also on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or whatever, and all the all the other weird stuff that no one listens to. Also, Anchor, that's what I'm, like, officially on, but it's kind of like a sideshow. Um, so tune in there. Email me at goodtalkcontact at gmail.com. Follow my Instagram, uh, at goodtalkofficial. What? Anachronisms do you see in your life? What's your favorite example from movies or TV shows that you know of? Uh, And I will feature the best one on my Instagram or the Good Talk Instagram, so tune in for that. Um, And I'll announce it on the next show. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good talk.